This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, where Apple is more than a fruit and Maya is less than a retailer. And we promise we're not going to mention The Bachelor. We promise. You're welcome. I'm Andrew Page, and with me is Scott Phillips. Good Andrew, good fools. Good to be with you. Today, we've got a whole bunch of interesting stuff to talk about. First of all, Apple, everyone's favorite tech company. There's a new iPhone, there's a missing headphone jack, and the EU suggesting that the company isn't paying its fair share of tax. We'll dive into that. Next, Maya notches up a sixth straight year of declining profits. Is the department store dead? And finally, on the economic front, we saw unemployment down to a three-year low, 5.6%. What does it all mean? But first, Apple. Scott. Yes. Are you an Apple fanboy? Andrew, if I could be less of an Apple fanboy, I would be. I have I have proudly have an Android Nexus phone, as you well know. Me too. I don't mind Apple, but I, I got out of the ecosystem specifically because I didn't like them locking me in. I wanted the freedom. And frankly, Google is such a better ecosystem, I can't I, I just can't step away from it. Now I'm not gonna pursue this line of questioning <laughs> too much because you get the lovers, you get the haters, and it, it all it all it all gets very, we're, very We're messy. lovers, not fighters, anyway. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but but it is an interesting thing. I mean, Apple has been such a phenomena out oh, yeah. there. You know, investors have done incredibly well. One of the largest companies on the planet. They roll out these new products and people line up. They camp out. You know, they pay a fortune for these things. And frankly, we should say, I mean, these are good quality phones. The fact yeah, I don't have great. one is one thing, but the ecosystem just works. It's all integrated. It's beautifully done. My wife has an iPhone. She loves her iPhone. And if yeah. you if you want to be inside that, that walled garden, inside that ecosystem, it's a great place to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we do tend to split hairs on it. So look, they've got the iPhone 7 out. What's it got? What's Why am I buying a new iPhone? What? How's it different from the last one? <laughs> well, this is the funny thing. If you're like everybody who's lined up for it and already put their orders in, you're buying an iPhone because it's the new because iPhone. Because it's the new iPhone. That's, pr- that's pretty much that it. You want the latest, you want the greatest, you want the best, you want, you know, that's what the iPhone 7 is. Now look, there are... You know, that's the power of brand, right? Yeah, yeah. There's been some criticism. The criticism basically is not much has changed. We've kind of got more of the same when it comes to Apple. There are a few things that are different. There's, there's a higher resolution screen with more colors. Um, mm. It's apparently more water resistant. In fact, there was some, saw some photos of it being more, held. More water resistant. Well, I saw some photos of being held underwater, which I kind of, I don't know I'd necessarily try that out with my iPhone, but people are saying apparently it's water resistant, which is good. Okay. It's got the new AirPods, those new wireless uh, headphones, of course, um, and dual speakers with a better sound. So look, you know, it, it's a better phone than the iPhone 6. Mm. The, the criticism, if there is any, is that it's not that much better. And so if you've got an iPhone 6 or 6S, you, you don't really need to rush out unless you, unless you have a habit of dropping your, your, your phone in your beer or, or your toilet when you're you know, mm. having a break. You probably don't need the iPhone 7, but that won't stop people going and buying it. Well, this is, this is a bit of the worry, right? So when the first iPhone came out, it was such a quantum shift, you know, a quantum jump. I right. mean, in terms of, you know, the functionality and what it could do. And then the next iPhone was even better as well. But it would kind of get to, it seems to me, and this isn't just with Apple, this is with, you know, all the phone companies, that technology is plateauing yep. in terms of the incremental improvement. It's not, it's not that different. It's gone from revolution to evolution. Exactly. Right, exactly. And that, and that evolution even is, is slowing down you a little it. bit. So let's, I wanted to touch on the thing I guess that's gotten the most um, airtime here is the fact that the headphone jack is, is is missing. It's gone. It's gone. Now, are Apple pioneering a better way or is this just a shameless grab for more cash? Yes. Both. Yes. <laughs> it's short. Look, if, if you speak to the Apple fanboys and we have yeah, we have uh, one in particular in our office, um, good day to Anaban, who's our, who's our resident Apple fanboy. Mad um, for it. Absolutely mad. He will say, and with absolute justification, that removing the headphone jack does a few things. Firstly, it actually puts space back into a phone. Now, 
a headphone jack isn't that big, but you think about the hardware that sits just outside that jack or around mm -hmm. that jack mm -hmm. inside your phone. Mm -hmm. That's space you can't use for electronics, for speakers, for battery. battery yeah. So, you know, you want to have that space. And it, it, space is a huge, huge, huge premium. Yep. So Apple is saying, well, you know what? If we took it out, we have a lot of space back. Mm -hmm. Also, as he points out, you know, the headphone jack is a, is a super analog solution in a very digital world. Mm. The headphone jack hasn't changed in the best part of a century. Mm. So, you know, these are the, exactly the same connections you century. put into your... Well, close enough. When the radio was invented, the first headphone jack that went in basically looks like it does today. Yeah, okay. There's not that much that's changed. So, you know, the, the phone, you know, I, had, I had a cassette player when I was, when I was six or seven. I, I could take the, my headphones out of that one, stick it in an iPhone, exactly the same thing. Mm, now, mm. Mark 1 for longevity, Mark 1 for if it's not broke, don't fix it. Mm. Apple are saying, you know what? This is broken. We actually want to replace it with a digital solution. And it means that we can now sell you some AirPods. For about 200 bucks a pop. For 200 bucks a pop. These little tiny little AirPods that you're going to... You know what? The, the iPhone might be waterproof, but you're going to lose the AirPods somewhere down the back of the couch, in the toilet, in your beer, you know, down the... You Bit know, of a choking hazard too for those with young kids, right? So I hear. So look, you know, it, it's... It, look, the, you know, I, I use wireless headphones. I use Bluetooth headphones like you do too, Andrew. You know, the, the, the ability to be cordless is great, mm. um, but it means you're going to have to keep them charged. It means you're going to have to not lose them. Um, it is apparently a better technology than Bluetooth that Apple's using, mm -hmm. so well, remains to be seen, but call that a, call that a win. Mm -hmm. um, I, I like wireless headphones. I just mm -hmm. really dislike being told I have to use them. Yeah, okay. So let's... let's <clears throat> this is a money podcast, so we should probably we should probably get to this. <laughs> to cut to the chase here. Yeah, well, speaking of money, they're making a lot of money selling the iPhone 7, well, but go on. Well... I think they're making a bit more than they expected. This is the interesting thing, isn't it? Some of the critic yeah. reviews have been pretty harsh, yeah. and yet they're still flying off the shelves. Um, but, you know, the question is, is when you, especially when you look at a company like Apple, it has such phenomenal growth. I mean, anyone who bought, even five years ago, you've you've basically seen about an 18% total return per year on average. Yep. It's phenomenal wealth creation over that period of time. Mate, you know what? People bagged Die Hard 4. I went and saw it. You went and saw it. Yeah. That's not what the critics think, right? The punters like Die Hard. I saw the most recent Rocky. I don't even know what number we're up to there. <laughs> I think it's about 14. Yeah, right. We're sliding a wheelchair yet, or is that the next one? That's the next one. Look, I think that's, that's, that's what we're doing, right? This, yeah. is, this is a story of people love their iPhones, and you can tell them it's terrible. You can tell them it's not great. There's no massive improvement. People are still going to want the latest and greatest from Apple, and that's exactly what the iPhone iPhone is. Well, this is the interesting thing, right? So we can sort of say, well, look, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the the huge quantum jump we saw. You know, things are might be still doing well, but they're slowing down a little. But when you look at the company itself, this is a business with a, a wonderful brand, yep. huge pile of cash. I mean, yes. the amount of cash that they're sitting on is is phenomenal. You know, essentially debt free. Um, they huge, have more cash than GDP of some small countries. It, Apple has absolutely, that much money. literally, yep. literally. Um, you know, they've still got a lot of potential. There's new emerging markets like India they can you know, really tap into there. There's a yep. lot of areas of growth. The other thing that I think people forget too is that the mix of revenue is changing. So it was, it was a hardware company. You'd sell a bit of kit and someone would buy it. Mm -hmm. But the services revenue, the, the, you talked about the ecosystem before iTunes and the iStore and all of these other kinds of things. The money that they start to make off that is becoming more and more important too. And that is super sticky revenue as well. Correct. Very, very hard to move away from all of that. Yep. And the thing is, is that when you look at Apple, it's actually, you know, when you look at most sort of valuation metrics out there without getting too nerdy on that, <clears throat> they're pretty cheap. Yeah. You know what though? They've got a lot of cash. You know how they've got some of that cash? How's that? Well, they kind of didn't pay much tax in Ireland. All above board, I'm sure. Well, kind of. Depends who you are. See, the European, the, Ari yeah, go ahead. the European Union just last week said, hey, you know that tax you didn't pay, guys? Well, we kind of want that money back. Thanks very much. Right. Funnily enough, you know where they're supposed to pay the tax? That was Ireland. Ireland. You know what the Irish government said? No, we don't want it. We don't want the money. 
Well, now, how could that possibly be? <laughs> well, it's, only, it's only, you know, what, $14 billion? Who, who needs $14 billion? And the Irish economy is not going <laughs> that great, as I understand it. Correct. You know what? Here's, this is... Multinational tax avoidance is a, is a fantastic topic that I will bore listeners stupid with if I keep talking about it. But let's hit the highlights, right? Companies set up offices in places where they pay no tax mm -hmm. and they channel their profits to those offices so they pay mm -hmm. no tax. Mm -hmm. So you, we saw James Hardy went to the Netherlands then went to Ireland. Yep. Apple has an office in Ireland. Mm. BHP have a marketing hub. I'll put that in air quotes for those who are listening. A marketing hub in Singapore. Now... All of those companies are doing things that are absolutely legal. No, mm. There's no no illegality there. I'm not suggesting anything's wrong at all. But they're, they're moving their profits around to the places that have the lowest tax rate. Okay. And Ireland basically said, hey, you have an, you have an office in, in, in Ireland. You'll pay low tax. Mm. How many people do you reckon work for Apple in Ireland in that head office? Three? No. How many? Zero. <laughs> Zero, there really? There's not a single okay. employee of that Apple entity in Ireland, yet it pays low tax there because it says that's where it makes its profits. Doesn't even have an office that it rents? Uh, maybe probably a, <laughs> maybe a mailbox yeah, yeah right right okay so that's that's the story right so basically apple okay. said oh our head office is there we'll pay no tax there mm. ireland are happy with that because they get or they get a very small amount of tax mm. so ireland gets some money for doing nothing yep if apple have to pay ireland that tax every other company who's there is going to say well let's go and find somewhere else to live right let's go and move our company to the netherlands or the bahamas mm. or the british virgin islands or mm. you know um Liechtenstein, where, wherever they can pay the least amount of tax they're going to move mm. their corporate office mm. to and Ireland don't want to lose that revenue. So yeah, they'd win their money from Apple today, mm. but all of the future profits they would otherwise get, the future taxes they'd charge, yep. all of a sudden go away because those companies are going to say, well, we've got no one there. No one's going to complain if we move the office somewhere else. Let's decamp and go somewhere but else. Isn't there a risk, again, we'll keep this short, but isn't there a risk, <laughs> we always say that, isn't there a risk that there's a bit of a, you stimulate a bit of a race to the bottom, you know, so then all of a sudden the Kiwis go, actually, maybe we should lower our corporate tax rate. We'll track, we'll track all the big names here. Yep. And then, you know, uh, Malaysia does the same. And then before you know it, you know, the tax rates, corporate tax rates around the world just go lower and lower and lower and lower. Which, by the way, we're already in the middle of. That's right. exactly what's already happening. Right. And frankly, the EU decision basically said, hey, Apple you got, and Ireland, you guys are screwing the rest of Europe. Mm. You can't do that. Okay. So the EU is acting as a, as a pan-European break on that sort of activity. But to your point, they're absolutely going somewhere. Singapore mm. has no capital gains tax, mm. no, dividend, no dividend tax. Mm. Um, it has a very, very low corporate tax rate. Yeah. So we've already seen people like BHP Builders set up a marketing hub in Singapore mm. where they make all their profits yeah. at a much lower tax rate than they do here in Australia. Yeah, amazing. Okay, so let, let's, come, let's come back to this point here. So Can we talk about tax avoidance? <laughs> I'm sure people would love it if we did. <laughs> but let's... let's, let's, let's Page 14,255 of the tax code says. <laughs> let's draw a line under this. All right, fine. Um, whether you love your Apple products or not, whether you think they're immoral <laughs> bastards or you think they're just very savvy operators. And they're not for those regulators and lawyers listening. I'm, I'm, I'm completely agnostic Hypothetically, here. yeah. Hypothetically. Do you buy it? Are you, are you a buyer of Apple today? Ooh, look, here's the thing. Apple is really cheap on, a multi, on an earnings multiple. Yep. 12 or 13 times yeah, earnings, that. something ridiculous. Yep. Um, 2% yield, which is great for a US company That's incredibly, too. incredibly cheap. Think about some of the, you know, some of the Australian companies that are on much higher yields than that. Yeah. I want to say Woolies is trading like something like 20 times yeah. earnings, right? Yeah, yeah. And Apple's trading on 12. And, yeah. this and Apple, Woolies ain't right? growing like Apple. Yeah. Well, here's the question. That, that's exactly why people aren't paying that because they're not sure how long Apple can keep growing for. Mm. Apple's got to get convinced new people to buy their phones every single year. Yep. We've just talked about it being evolution, not revolution. Yep. And the question is, how long can they keep this up? Yeah. Because many people buy the iPhone 8 or the iPhone 9. Yeah. And if only 75% of people buy the, buy the 8, then sales are going to fall 25%. Yeah. And then profits are going to fall by probably 40 50% yeah. if that happens. Yeah. So the, the, the bet that you're making if you buy Apple shares today is that that growth can continue, that sales growth, the profit growth can continue for a period of time. Yeah. Frankly, I'm slightly bullish on Apple. I think it is a buy at the current price. I think it's just so cheap. Mm. They've got so much cash and such a track record and such a strong brand 
that on the balance of probabilities, every chance they manage to make a winner of whatever they do next, whether that's a car or a television or something well, that's else. That's what I was going to say. What else can, what other rabbit can they pull out of the hat? You know, they did it with the iPod back in the day before well, it was exactly. the iPhone, you yep. know, and what we're not talk, talking about and what we can't talk, we, we don't know about is what's the next I something. And at 12 times earnings, if you get to have Apple's brains, creativity, brand, massive cash ecosystem, to cash fund all pile, that research, consumer yeah. fan base, you're yeah. only paying 12 times earnings for that. That makes it one of the cheapest companies on a, on a quality basis around. And that's why I think it's worth buying at today's price. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Okay, so let's 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 talk about a company that, that probably no? couldn't okay. be more different from Apple. <laughs> let's go back down under here and let's talk about Myers. Now, oh, everyone dear. everyone in Australia knows Myers, Grace Brothers. If you're from New South Wales, as it was formerly known, indeed, um, hundred and something year old company. Um, man, has it been a disaster since it floated? It floated on the ASX back in two thousand and nine, around four bucks a share. I want to say it was sold into. On the ASX by private equity, Andrew. Wow, who would have thought? How about who that? Who would have thought that a, a, a post-private <laughs> equity float would go back? <laughs> so anyway, so they've done this. They hit 80-odd cents Zero last day. year. And they've had six years, consecutive years, of falling profits. So you're saying things are not going well. Things are not going well. Um, so t- why? Meyer is structurally challenged right now. And Meyer is structurally challenged on a couple of fronts. People talk about the internet and online retail. That's actually, the well, maybe it's not the least of Meyer's problems. It's not their biggest problem. No. Back in the day, when you and I were you know, knee-high to a grasshopper, we used to go to town with our parents, right? They take us to town. You dress up in your Sunday get, best. Get into the horse and buggy. Yep. Well, go yeah, into town. <laughs> we had steam trains. All right, second. Um, you'd, you'd go you go into town. It was town. It was a big deal, right? You yep. do your trip into town. You take your cut lunch. You put it in your brown paper bag. You're heading with mum and dad. You go shopping and you go to Meyer or you go to Grace Brothers or DJs, and that'd be the, that'd be the exciting thing. And everything you could buy was there, right? Yeah. And that was a really great concept. So great that Westfield took it and made it better. Wait a sec. Westfield's a different business, not a department store. Well, isn't they it? own they own properties, right? What's inside those properties? Well, this is this is how it's changed, right? So you know, the department store housed all these different brands, exactly. all these different departments. And Everything then, you, you could want in the one place. It's just all there. Yep. Westfield basically said, well, we'll just build them all and then we'll just rent out the space and we'll just let, almost let retailers just do their own thing and we'll just clip the ticket on the rent. Right. So when you went, in the past, we went to one place for everything. You went to Meyer or DJs or Grace Brothers. Mm. These days, you want everything in one place. You don't worry about the, no, who says, I might go to Meyer and see if they've got what I need. Mm. You say, I'll go to Westfield in yeah. Sydney or Westfield in Chadston or Westfield in somewhere else. Mm. And you say, I'll go there and see what I can get. And so you, you, want, a, you want a new shirt. Yeah. There's four or five different retailers you can choose from. Mm. You want a pair of pants, you want a, a new iPhone. Uh, you know, you don't go to David Jones and buy your iPhone. You go to Westfield and see where you can buy an iPhone. Yes. You might end up in DJs to, to compare the price of a television mm. or to buy a particular brand of shirt. Yeah. But realistically- It's not your destination though, is right, it? Right, yeah. that's the problem. And yeah. so Maya's very relevance has been sapped away by Westfield and others building shopping malls that are the modern day department stores. Yeah, yeah DJs has the same problem, of course. Oh, absolutely. Well. And it's, it's, it's structurally challenging. We should say, by the way, the managers of these businesses are doing a very good job to do as well as they are. We say that Meyer's got six years of falling profits. That's true, but that's you know that, that's actually a good result. It could have been much, much, much worse had they not been more relevant than they are. So this is a situation like airlines where if you do a great job, you stay in business. If you do an mediocre job, you go broke. And so the best these guys can do, if they can stay in business and have a reasonable chance of succeeding and surviving, that's actually a really great result given the headwinds you're sailing into as a company. And and this, you know, the interesting thing, so the turnaround strategy under the relatively new CEO is basically let's become more like Westfield. 
So they're basically they're basically renting their space out Correct. to brands, yep, exactly. concession stands, yep, yep. and they run and they're becoming more and more of that model now. It seems, at least early days, it's starting to gain a bit of traction. Same store sales are up, particularly in the new ones that they're really focusing on. They're getting rid of underperforming sites. They're making things smaller, more compact. That helps same store sales, by the way. When you close some other store, if, if, you, close, if you close a couple of my stores, then you got to go somewhere else. You're such the a ones cynic. That, the ones that are left go up, don't you're they? You're such a cynic. Oh, they have but, to. Yeah, you're right. Now, and and so, so I guess what I'm saying is, is, is there's, there's a whole funk here with all of this kind of stuff. Uh, is it worth buying now that things seem to be on the mend? No. Okay, well, what would I buy take, then? Take, take your money and run. Maya, as it, the management are doing a good job keeping it as, as tight as they are. Yep. This is not a business with an attractive long-term future. Debenhams is coming to Australia. There's going to be massive amounts of competition. Don't buy Maya shares. Do yourself a favor. On the, over the long term, I'm very sure Maya will lose to the market. Yeah. There are, though, some better retail companies out there. Let's start with the likes of Harvey Norman and JB Hi-Fi. High-quality mm. businesses, getting sales growth, doing things well. Harvey Norman was being talked about as being left for dead. We had some That's prominent right. media commentators saying that Jerry Harvey should give it away. Yeah. Well, obviously not. Harvey Norman doing spectacularly well. Incredible. JB Hi-Fi, almost a $30 share price. Yep. Bought the good guys. They are spectacularly well-run businesses. Yep. They're still not the best idea. Think about maybe uh, West Farmers, right? West Farmers owns Bunnings, one of the very, very best retailers in the country by you, a long shot. Bet. Yep. Doing a wonderful job. They own Coles as well, of course, um, and have done a great job turning around Coles. A really, really high quality business, but still not our best idea. Mm. Well, what is our best idea? We really like Retail Food Group. Retail Food Group is the name behind Michelle's Patisserie, Gloria Jeans, Brumby's Bakery, Donut King, Crust Pizza, yep. Pizza Capers, and a whole, whole lot more. Yep. Um, these guys are spectacularly well run. A franchisor who get the franchisees to do all the work for them, basically. Yep. Um, now in 50 or 60 countries around the world, yep. more than 1,500 sites around the world. This, these are guys who just got it well, got it done well. Yeah. Great brands, great systems, great processes. Great model. They know how to make a buck. They clip the ticket on the on the franchisee sales and the purchases of product. RFG Retail Food Group, ASXRFG is the code. Our single best retail idea, especially for podcast listeners. Yep, yep. I like it too. Get more Motley Fool money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. All right, last but not not least, let's Well, maybe least. <laughs> maybe least. Let's talk about unemployment. <laughs> now, uh, very quickly, whistle top whistle stop tour through the numbers. We had a good result recently. Excellent result. 5.6% uh, for unemployment uh, in August as an annual read. That's the lowest amount in 3 years. Just yeah, not bad given we're sort of pivoting out of this mining slowdown, right? right spectacular. Given the challenges that the Australian economy can potentially face, a 5.6% unemployment rate is excellent. Here's the thing, though. Tell me. So I, 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 that's that's great. That's a headline number. You dig into it a little bit, and we actually saw the number of employed people dropped by almost 4,000 in you all. You know this. how to take defeat from the jaws of victory, Andrew. 5.6%. <laughs> well, this is, this, is the, this is the beauty. I don't know if that's the right word, but this is the <laughs> thing with economics, right? You can take one set of figures, and you can, you can use that to paint the most bullish or bearish picture, whatever whatever you want the beauty of economics might just be the biggest oxymoron we've come up with <laughs> very keep true going, keep going. Well, well, well riddle me this how do how are how are there four thousand fewer people employed and unemployment drops ah economists that come up with any number you want andrew just tell me what just number you want me what i'll number. find a way to make it happen well how did they do it they're like accountants the answer is in something that we won't go into in a lot of detail because we'll bore you again is the participation rate so what happens is basically the unemployment number is calculated as the number of people looking for work as a proportion of the number of people who are looking for work and actually in work. Mm, okay. But if you were looking for work last month and you simply stop, you say, I don't, want, I don't want a job anymore. 
you're not counted in that. I don't want a job anymore. I couldn't right? be bothered looking for a job anymore. Same thing, right? Yeah, you're basically okay. saying, I can't, I can't be bothered either getting the doll, looking for a job, or actually working. Yep. You just simply take yourself out of the mix altogether. Okay. Now, the most obvious example are staying at home parents, for example, yep. okay. who simply say, well, I'm not looking for a job because I've got kids to look after. Mm. I haven't got a job. I've got a full-time job looking after kids, but yep. I haven't got paid employment. So I simply don't count in the participation rate, the number of people participating in the employment market, either employed or looking for work. Mm -hmm. When that number falls, when there are fewer people looking for work, the unemployment number can drop. Okay. And what about the mix? We all, the other the other sort of wrinkle you get here is that this mix between full-time and part-time. For a while there, we were sort of seeing some good numbers, but the number of full-time jobs is really declining and sort of being bumped up by part-time jobs. Until now. Until now. So we saw a little <laughs> bit of a reversal in the most recent month. Indeed. Is, we saw about 11,000 odd full-time jobs added and about 17,000 part-time jobs lost. So a net reduction in jobs. The good news is that businesses are hiring more people full-time, which says something about businesses' expectations for the future of the economy. Yeah, you don't hire more people unless you absolutely you need to and you're, you're confident. full-time, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Definitely. So what's, what's the take-home message here, Scott? Look, I think that 5.6% you know, is very, very good. I think we know there are monthly fluctuations in these numbers. The individual number is never worth putting too much weight on. It's the trend that matters. The yeah. trend year on year. The trend is, is your up. friend. Um, we've got the eastern, southeastern states doing very well. Mm -hmm. Queensland WA is still That's struggling right. on the back of loss of mining jobs. That still needs to turn around. So look, a, a, a cautious. Let's call it. A, let's call it a B plus. Okay, B plus. It's not, it's not an A. It's not a C. About a B plus, I think, for the unemployment number this month. I'll take it. Listen, fools, that wraps it up. Uh, before you go, remember, we'd, we'd encourage you to subscribe to Triple M's Motley Fool Money. Go, you can do that. Speaking of Apple, go to the iTunes store. <laughs> Please. Do that. Give, give Apple a bit of a boost. And that's a five-star rating if you don't mind. If you like, if you like Scott and you prefer uh, the Android, well, there's plenty of podcast apps there that you can use as well. Uh, and you can go, of course, straight to triplem.com.au forward slash podcasts. Thanks so much for your time, Scott. Thanks, Andrew. We really hope you enjoyed the show. We always enjoy delivering it for you. And we'll see you next week. Full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.